today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We're starting this morning with a heartbreaking story that you may have read about. Elaine Ryan from Portru in County Tipperary travelled along with her husband and her four children to Tunisia in 2019 in what was meant to be a family holiday. However, her life changed forever when a knock on the door came and she was met by a bailiff who granted her husband temporary custody of their children. Her husband claimed that they'd been living in Tunisia and that when they arrived, Elaine had decided to leave. Elaine joins us on the programme this morning to share her story. Good morning to you, Elaine. Good morning, how are you? I'm not too bad, Elaine. You're joining us from Tunisia. You're still there. Yeah, I'm still here, yeah. Yeah. Elaine, can you you start by telling me how you met your husband? Um, I met my husband back in 2011 online. Um, I had then travelled to his country to meet him, to meet his family. And then we had started talking about getting married. So around February 2012, then I went back to Tunisia and married my husband. And he came to live here in Ireland? He came to live in Ireland then in September of 2012, yep. So you had four children together and a happy life here? Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. So tell me, what happened then in 2019? So then um, in 2019, his mother had come on a holiday to spend three months with us because she had never met her grandkids. So she had come over to visit us, spend time with us, and then they had suggested that we go back on a holiday with his mother. Um, the rest of his family have never met the kids. Only my daughter, see him, the oldest, would have been back when we went to celebrate her first birthday over in Tunisia. She was the only one that ever went. So they had decided that we'd go back for him then to meet their grandfather and their aunts and cousins and all that. So his brother then decided that he would book us one-way tickets to Tunisia with his mother's tickets because she wouldn't be returning with us. And um, they said they would book tickets coming back, that it would work out cheaper than that. And I had no reason to kind of question it because that same week before we went to Tunisia, we had registered the kids for school. We had bought all their school books, their uniforms. My husband had bought a new car. He registered to do the Mature Access course in Limerick, September 2019. Do you know, so there was no for me to not believe we were never coming back. Do you know that kind of way? Was he working here? Um, no, he had on and off jobs, but he hadn't. He was registered to go back and do the mature access course in the UL in Limerick. Okay, and he was looking forward to that, or at least so you thought. He was, yes, so it seemed, yeah. He had applied for his back school allowance, all that. He was on job seeker, so... You know, when you leave Ireland on a holiday in job seekers, you have to sign a document to say what date you're leaving, when you intend to return, all that. He'd done all of that the week before, the week we went to Tunisia. So there was no niggling of any of this going to happen when I got here. So when did you first discover that there was a different plan? Uh, a few days into the holiday, he had turned around to me and said to me, what do you think about leaving the kids here to go to school in Tunisia? And me and you return, I go to do my college, you can go out and work. And I said, no said they're my children, my children will return with me I would, you know, they're my kids, I'll wear my kids you know, and he had got his mother then another few days later to chat with me as well she's like, oh you can come over every three months, spend a month with your kids and go back to Ireland, and I was like, no so my kids are coming home with me 
so that was when the first niggling and then he had turned around I think two days before he had someone need to court he had turned around to my oldest daughter see him and asked her what did she think about staying here in Tunisia and going to school and she had said no I want to go home I want to go into second class I want to go home to my friends yeah. and I had just said to him do you know I said this isn't up for discussion I said please don't be upsetting the children you know it's the kid we're all going home like were you nervous at that point? I wasn't nervous until he had turned around and made a comment. He kind of had made a comment because I said to him, why are you doing this? I said, well, you know, this is, I said, if you want to move to Tunisia, because I have an older daughter at home as well. Okay. So she was in the middle of her leaving cert. So I wanted to be at home. I said, when she finished her leaving cert and she's steady for college and whatever, I said, we can sit down and discuss it. If you want to move home, then we maybe can all move home together. I said, but, I'm not leaving my children here, you know. And he had kind of made a comment back that said, oh, I'm afraid that when you realise what I've done, that you'll never forgive me. So that was my first reneging something's going on. Right. So you know? then a bailiff called and granted him temporary custody, which must have come as an awful shock. No, so the bailiff is like, um, they bring the summons to the court. Okay. So the bailiff two days later arrived with a son for court to take me to court for temporary custody. The kids, he had applied for temporary custody of them. And he wasn't granted this, he just applied. Right. So um, we had a court case on the 4th of September. So that night then, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, his parents had taken my children to a second apartment I didn't know about because um, I was upset and they had told me that they were taking them for ice cream and because I was upset over what was going on and they'd bring them back, they never brought them back. I didn't even get to speak to my family and see me, my family had received a, a message saying that I was in jail in Tunisia, I was sent to jail for five years, so they didn't know what was going on. They had been trying to get through to my husband, he had been refusing to answer their calls. They'd sent messages to his family, none of them had replied. I didn't have a phone because my phone was broken, because my husband had broken my phone. So, so your family believed you were in prison in Tunisia? They had received a message, yeah, back home that um, I was actually gone to jail. The uh, judge had sent me to jail for five years and the only person who could speak to me was my husband. So, so my family were obviously in hysterics because then eventually at that night, he allowed my family, me to answer the phone to my family. I didn't know any of this until I got to speak to my family that night. So did you, feel, did you feel like you were being held captive by his family? I wasn't really being held captive, but I wasn't let out of the apartment. Do you know, they, they always had me stuck in the apartment. He was going off doing something. There was no reason for me to leave. Do you know, I never had money. I had no phone. Do you know, he was like, just wait here to be come back. There was always someone in the apartment with me so I wouldn't leave. That night, though, the 2nd of September, he did lock me into the apartment. Um, his family had taken the kids to another apartment and kept me stuck and locked in the other apartment. Was and then the next day, his mother had come and had an argument with him and she convinced him to let him take me to the other apartment to the children. So, so I got to spend the day before the court with my kids. Okay. And we were locked in an apartment as well. We were taken nowhere either. My husband was gone off doing things. And did the court ever grant him custody? The court never granted him custody. So October 2019, um, we had a few court cases a couple of them getting postponed because he wasn't showing up for them. So eventually he did show up and judge then in October 2019 made a decision for me to have the children that they were to be handed over to me immediately. Did you get legal representation there in Tunisia and was that hard to get? 
Um, the first court session, no, I didn't have legal representation. He had told me that there would be a lawyer there for me and a translator for me, foolishly enough, thought, okay, that's what he's telling me. So when I turned up to the court, I had nothing. So the judge had postponed the court case and told me to go to my... It's not, we don't have an embassy here in Tunisia. It's an actually honorary consulate. So he said, go to your honorary consulate. He said, get yourself a good lawyer, get yourself a translator. And they had set another date then for the court. Okay. And was that helpful for you? Yeah, the embassy were very good. You know, they got me a really good lawyer and uh, a really good translator. And I got to talk to my family. You know, and they let me ring my family. I had been spoken to my family for days. They didn't know what was going on, you know. So we're nearly three years on uh, yeah. fr- from this, Elaine. Where do you stand now? So right now I still have the decision for me to have the kids, but my husband has refused the order. He's appealed it. Um, he was arrested then in December 2019. Um, he was given a jail sentence of two years, one year for ignoring judge's order and one year for kidnapping. Uh, he ended up only serving two months of that jail sentence. He was let out and he's appealed the decision. Um, we're on our third appeals now. Um, his lawyers tried to put a stop on the original decision, um, but the appeals judge refused that and said that the decision still stands. What I so, don't understand is if they sentenced him for, or found him guilty for having kidnapped the children, um, how you, the children were not released into your custody. Yeah, his family held on to him. See, we have no address. He uh, hasn't been given proper address. Like the judge that even had sent him to jail uh, asked him for an address. So he had given him an address. And the next, I think it was two days after that, we were back in front of her again. And she had asked him again, where, what's the address the kids are staying? And he gave the same address. She said, they're not there. She said, because I sent two police from Tuna City down to this address. And he said, there's nobody living there. So he's not given proper addresses. So any address he has given... The police have gone there and said the kids aren't there. Do you think if something like this happened in our own country, you know, I just had this idea that the guards would find where those children are pretty quickly. I, I'm oh, a little I bit baffled. So, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a bit baffled as to how they haven't been located. Yeah, well, me too as well. But I see mean, it's just, it's the process here. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Do you know? And... Um, have you had much support from the Irish state, uh, Irish state here? Have you been in contact with the Department of Foreign Affairs? And what um, can they do for you? The Irish Embassy has been very good to me since day one. And they've been very supportive of me. When court cases come up, they ring. You know, they've been very supportive. It was the Irish Embassy in Madrid that I was dealing with because I don't have an embassy actually here in Tunisia. Um, so Tunisia would have been part of that region at the time. But they're actually opening a... Irish Embassy now in Morocco as well, so they're after taking over Tunisia, so they're constantly in touch with me, you know, checking in on me, and, you know, they're very good. Um, while I was at home, I did, because I had gone home in March 2021 after court case kept getting postponed, because my oldest daughter was doing her leaving cert, and I wanted to be there to support her, so I originally said I'd go home for a month, because the courts, like Ireland here, just shut down for summer session. So my lawyer said there wouldn't be any courts until September, so... Unfortunately, when I went home, my dad passed away two weeks into my trip home. So I ended up just prolonging it a bit, you know. Yeah. So I can't imagine it's just, what it's like to be here, knowing that your four children uh, are over in Tunisia and dealing with that kind of grief. It must have been a really difficult time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then when I was home in Ireland, I had requested a meeting with 
Mr. Covey, I wanted to have a chat with him before I returned to Tunisia. Do you know, um, unfortunately, I was told I'd get a phone call, but that never happened then. So, But I do know that Mr. Covey did send an official letter to the Tunisian government regarding this case, do you know? Okay, well, look, we're chatting to Elaine from Portro and County Tipperary and also to Lisa Gleeson, who is helping to fundraise for your cause. Morning, Lisa. Morning, how are you? Um, I'm not too bad, Lisa. Tell us what you are doing and what what needs to be paid for, for Elaine. Um, well, I started off, um, I went to Elaine's mother. Um, she, wasn't, she wasn't really up for it the first time I went to her, but... Um, I went, I gave her a few days and I went back to her and just said that I wanted to do something for them to help. So legal fees and maybe for Elaine's cost of living, she's not getting any money at all whatsoever from, from the Irish government. Um, so her mother is um, and her family are funding her. So I just thought if everyone got together um could help out. Like So my my idea was to, I went to the local Ford garage um, and Romini um, said he'd give me a car for cost price so, so I could raffle it. So I thought at the start my idea was sell 2,000 tickets for the car and uh, 50 euros each and that would have been 100,000 so I could have paid for the car and then given an end rest. Yeah. But um, it wasn't that easy, as easy as I was thinking. So um, I started up a GoFundMe page then um, and that's going fairly well now actually. 25,000 or something I've in it now and I have um, 8,000 as well in the bank for the for the raffle for the care so it's going fairly well um, the raffle for the care has to go ahead to 17th of September because I um, I only have a lottery license I'd go to court and get a lottery license for that so but after that I can stay doing whatever doing other okay. bits and pieces like but so yeah, if people for- want to, to support you either by supporting the raffle or the GoFundMe page, how do they do that? Um, I have a page set up on Facebook. It's called Elaine Ryan Beneficiary Fund. So there, you can, you can, you can don't, the GoFundMe is actually the same. So you can go into the GoFundMe if you want to donate there. Some people don't want to go into the raffle, so they're donating and people have donated more than than. Um, to be honest, people are very good. Um, and the care, then you can, I've um, Revolut, PayPal, or I've an IBAN because I set up a bank account, especially for um, for Elaine. So myself and Aoife Clancy are, um, are giant in that, so I can't just go in and take out money. The two of us have to be there. So it's all above board and everything is done properly, like. Elaine, it sounds like the community are 100% behind you. Are you missing home yourself? Yeah, I miss home terribly. Uh, the community have been absolutely brilliant to me and my family for the last three years. I have no words to express how happy. And, you know, their messages and all the messages on the GoFundMe page, you know, I read them all. And any messages that are sent to Lisa privately to support me, you know, Lisa sends them on to me, you know, it kind of keeps me going over here, you know. Sometimes you can get kind of hard and you find it struggling to keep going yeah. you know so the messages are, are great and people are so kind it's three years nearly now and um your yeah. kids are still very young they are yeah so see him would be nine uh his is eight 
Khaled is six and Kais is four. Kais was 18 months. I said when he took, when I last saw him and, you know, that's really tough because he wouldn't know me at all. You know? So that's kind of hard for me as well. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, yeah. Elaine, you're determined to stay there until you get them back. Yeah. How long do I you... I made a promise to my kids. Mm. You know, I made a promise that I'm not leaving without my kids and I won't leave without my kids. Is it ever... And, you know... And I just feel like if I go home, it won't be taken seriously and it'll be out of mind, out of sight. I need to be here. I need to just, you know, keep pressure on them, like, you know. It sounds to me like the Tunisian authorities are on your side. They just aren't No, managed. they're very good. It's mm. just everything. And then you see COVID happened as well. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of all this, everything was going nice and fast, court cases. And then COVID hit and then everything was just completely like was all over the world. Everything just went into shutdown. Yeah. So that had put a big stop on everything that was moving. Like, you know, it's only now really things are really getting back to normal. And then you have obviously delays over the last couple of months and nearly a year of COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. That the courts are trying to get through then as well. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, uh, Elaine, but there there was a pretty famous movie, Not Without My Daughter, with Sally Field many years ago, and it stuck with me forever. But it's more or less pretty similar to the, the plot of yeah. your life, only you have I've four actually, children. Yeah, I've never seen it, to be honest, but I've had a few people comment and say to me, oh, it reminds them I'm going to have a look at this. Yeah. 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 Um, very, very tough situation, Elaine, yes. and um, it's great that you have the community behind you and Lisa, you're doing yeah. a great job there to support her. Um, we'll follow the story, Elaine, and we wish you the very best. Perfect. And can I just say thanks to everybody that has um, shared my story, donated. It means so much to me and my family, so much. I have no words to express what it means and all their messages and support have kept me going over here. Okay. Thank you for joining us on the programme this morning. That's Elaine Ryan from Portro in County Tipperary and also Lisa Gleeson there who's heading up the fundraising efforts. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today.